0: This is season six of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. What major sea has no coastline? So brides carry a bouquet to the altar because of what? Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Welcome
1: to a very special episode with world-renowned guests as we introduce a brand new topic. We scour the internet, and other sources to gather totally useless information just for you.
0: And as always we'll open up the mailbag and the headline from news from around the world a bride was baffled by a bald groom-to-be. Totally useless
1: information It's everything you never needed to know
0: Welcome to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We have a very special guest for a very special episode this week. We have Joe Avati, who's an Italian-Australian comedian who's popular among Italians and descendant of Italians. Excuse me, Nick. Yes. The yes. famous... Okay, sorry. The famous Joe Avati, the Italian-Australian comedian. He's been all over Canada, United Kingdom, United States. He's around the world. He's performed on several occasions. And today, he continues to sell out venue after venue from around the world.
1: Now, now, let me stop you for one second. This is no longer the show where we have the Progresso soup cans and the string. No, No. This is a big deal now. Totally useless information. 62 countries. We're getting guests like Joe. I mean, this, folks,
0: this is a big deal. Well, we clean up the uh, studio and then we put a plate of cannolis and <laughs> we have a little bit of prosciutto <laughs> and antipasto. But here's a little bit of a sample of what Joe's all about.
2: All these young kids have got, they're going to having a gap year now. A gap year. Imagine asking your dad that you want to have a gap year. Papa, I think after school, I'm going to have a gap year. What's a gap year? Well, like, lucky you enough, after school, I've worked hard. I'm going to take a year off. You work hard. (laughs) I need the gap here, not you. (laughs) All right, once I ask, can you tell me about the birds and the bees Yeah, the bloody rotten bastard in all my fig tree?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joe Avati, welcome to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Do you want to hear some Totally Useless Information? Yes, please. Um,
0: Yes, please.
2: I used to be a food scientist at uh, a, a, for an ice cream company. And if you see blue, a blue color in ice cream, it is not natural. You cannot get a natural blue color in color, artificial color. So any blue color that you see in any children's product or any product is artificial. It's mm-hmm. not natural there's some
0: totally useless information. Thank you. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, right off the bat. Boy, so we're yeah. talking about customers and traditions. He threw us, like, food, useless food information. This is how talented. That's why he's he's as popular as yeah, he that's is. Yeah, it's a really tough job, too, to be the ice cream taster. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I was the ice cream maker and the ice cream taster.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. I can come up with blue cheese-flavored ice cream, then you have blue and ice cream. See? We can make it work.
2: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty smart, Nick. I like that one. In <laughs> fact, you know what? Once I was in Spain and I ate a blue cheesecake. It was the the best oh. cake I've ever eaten in my life. Oh. So you, it's like a, it's like a, like a cheesecake, but then it actually the flavor starts to change, and you go, "This is blue cheese." Wow, wow. It was sensational. Great. Anyway,
0: so wait, are you sure it was blue cheesecake, or maybe it was cake that's been sitting out for too long and became oh, blue no. cheesecake?
2: <laughs> well, here's <laughs> no. here's something interesting. Here's something interesting for your listeners. How do you know when blue cheese goes off? How? Yeah. Because I don't need it I don't need it It's got so mold already on it. You what? buy it with mold. So how do you know?
0: Well, the same way they don't they put expiry dates on sour cream. Why? Yeah. Yeah, it's sour well, to begin with. Well, it's
2: actually it's when you see furry mold. When you see the furry mold on the mold, that's when you know it's gone off.
0: Well, that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've we've eaten uh, a furry mold because we needed it for the penicillin for obvious reasons. Yeah, so, right, exactly. So Joe, how many years, how many years have you been doing comedy after you've studied food science?
2: Yeah, so so this is um so I'm celebrating my 25th anniversary this year. Silver So that's that's a 25 it's called 25 live Mature my tour because it's you know 25 years live around the world basically that I've been doing this. So,
1: Wow. People, 25 years of comedy, people get less for murder.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, we, it's
0: <laughs> but it's okay. Cause Joe, Joe kills with his comedy. So don't worry about yeah, it. He's okay. Exactly. You choose to highlight your experiences with your non and non, uh, like, non, and non, uh, your grandparents. Why did you highlight your experiences with them?
2: Well, that's just the way it started. I mean, I don't do that anymore. I mean, now it's, you know, but I used to do a bilingual show. Now it's 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 all in English for everybody to, to come and understand. Um, and I do a lot of um, generational humor. So, you know, I take the piss out of uh, millennials and Gen Y and I compare my life to their life. And, you know, and then so I'm kind of the middle ground, you know, so I compare my upbringing with the young kids and then my upbringing compared to my parents, you know, because our parents give our children things that they never gave us, Nick you know, little things like love and affection. And uh, you know, that that really-
1: You don't have to blame like grandparents, grandparents. You could speak directly to Nick, he's old enough.
0: No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're right because I think you mentioned that, you know, I've never ever heard any any of my uh, parents or grandparents say, I love you. Really? No, they showed it, but they never said it. Like they didn't sit there and just sat me down and said, you know what, I love you.
1: It's like German grandparents. They just tell you to march.
2: (laughs) Never, never. And now my dad said to my daughter, "I miss you." The only time my dad ever said I miss you is when he went to whack me, and I ducked. Right? <laughs> That's the only time I ever got a miss.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, you have yeah. you're on tour. You've uh, you've uh, toured all over uh, Australia, your your native land. But yeah. now you're back in North America.
2: Toronto, seventeenth, eighteenth of June, and, the, and then Montreal, the New York, New Jersey, San Jose, Los Angeles, and then I go back to Australia. So it's great to be out. It's great to be touring again after all these years of uh, not not working um in uh because of COVID.
0: fantastic so uh give us some so this is a brand new topic we have on totally useless information with nick and roy we uh we usually have uh a, three or four topics per show and we decided to open up yep. our brand new topic with you because you in most of your material over the years you talked about a lot of customs so give us some some interesting or yep. useless customs that you can share with our audience
2: um, well, you know, for the Italians, uh, they're, they're they're very superstitious people. Um, we have a thing called the evil eye, the malocchio. You know, uh, it, it's now Roy. I don't, are you Italian, Roy? I'm not sure. Oh yeah, I know uh, what
1: the malocchio is.
2: I got the horn. Yeah, right. The horn is hanging from well, my. For your listeners who don't know what malocchio is, it's basically when one Italian puts a spell on another Italian. Right. Yeah. And how do you know when you've got the molecule? Well, basically, you start shivering, you get a cold, you get a runny nose, you get a sore throat. Basically, you get COVID, right? (laughs) (laughs) So... So guys, for the last two years The whole world has had malocchio. Believe it or not Yeah, that's yeah. what it is You know
1: how you stay away from malocchio? You take the garlic And you throw it behind the oven Behind no, the
2: refrigerator That's right that, That's why Italians have chili peppers Hanging off the revision mirror yeah. Because apparently The evil spirits don't like spicy food yeah. I don't know
0: <laughs> There you go Yeah, I got one Yeah, yeah. okay And
1: it has to do I, I, Because of Joe I did Italian culture and you can't talk about culture and traditions without discussing music, right? And yeah. what better what better than Italian culture? Opera. Mm, Opera yeah. is truly an Italian culture. Absolutely. So it, is, yeah. it is bathed in Italian culture. And the tradition dates back more than 400 years. The most famous being um, Aida and La Traviata uh, by... Mm-hmm. By a a guy named Giuseppe Verde. Verde, yeah.
2: Giuseppe? <laughs> Joe Green. We call him Joe Green. Giuseppe
1: Verde. <laughs> uh by Ruggiero. I love this. Uh, Leo Calavallo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? We should do too. You know how Spanish when you when you speak Latin and Spanish things you have to throw the you have to throw the the frenetic sound into it. Yeah. You yeah. know, we should do that with Italian too. We don't.
0: So, yeah, sure. <laughs> so how would you? Okay, so give us a couple of examples. So in the operas you mentioned, throw the the phonetic uh, Italian phonetics in there. Who me? Yeah, La Traviata. Yeah, La
1: La Traviata. You see, after La Traviata, you have to. Get, I mean, that's what they should have to do. They should say, and the the opera La Traviata.
0: <laughs> yes, it that's so i'm going to give you my teaser so you know people wondered you know the bride is going down the aisle and uh that's why i found out or i confirmed with joe that he and i have the same wedding anniversary no we're not married to each other but we share the same wedding anniversary so when our uh, when our uh, wives um walked down the aisle they had a bouquet of flowers now the bouquet was originally used to mask the bride's body odor And it was often made with pungent herbs, because according to the Huffington Post, the tradition of the bride carrying a bouquet dates back to the 15th century. I'm kidding, Joe just walked into an Italian tradition. Did you just walk into somebody's house, Joe, just like that? (laughs) Yeah. Do You like that? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think look, they have antipasto ready for you. Somehow they knew they had company. They're always ready.
2: I'm back in the house, so and, and I'm yeah. You can hear my son in the background.
0: Oh, wonderful! Uh, Tante Auguri, congratulations on your son. So the yeah. the bouquets were often made of herbs, garlic, and dill. So basically, you they could have like brought down a bag of potato chips, would have been the same thing. So it was the nasty <laughs> smell of the bride. That's right, because in in those times, they only bathe once a year, and the reason why June is a popular month for weddings, it's because that's because they took baths in May, and they still smell fresh in June. <laughs> oh my
2: god! <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's incredible. Information
0: there. I, I hate that one Nick. I really hate it, <laughs> but it's true. No listen It's useless information and this is what this is why they mm-hmm. continue the tradition today by carrying the bouquet But uh, thankfully for different reasons, some Tom. Well, some Nick, how,
2: how long have you been married Nick now? Uh, legally,
0: uh, we've been married. Uh, we just uh, finished 20 years
2: Wow well, yeah. they, Dog, 30, stream, 30 man, 38 year. yo,
0: 38 for me Wow
2: 38. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah <laughs> And you, you reckon you get less for murder doing 25 years of comedy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marriage, forget it. I actually enjoy being married because now my wife decides what I don't like anymore. It's fantastic, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's taking the, the pressure off me. What you don't like,
1: what you don't, what you were going to wear, who your friends yeah. are,
2: <laughs> you're going to wear That's that. That's the thing about when you're married. As soon as you, everything that you ever knew up until the day you get married, forget it. You know, you just don't, <laughs> all of a sudden, it means nothing anymore. Your wife can figure out, yeah. you know, all your, you know, what I, I thought I was a Leo. So I was born August 23rd. So all my life, I was a Leo, Leo, the lion. No, nope, not anymore, boys. apparently I'm a Virgo after 46 years on this earth. I thought I was a Leo. Now nope. on the 27th of December, 2020, I found out that I was a Virgo. Yeah, your
0: you, Your wife's not in the room, is she?
2: Yeah, she's, oh, I mean, she's listening, oh, okay. but she knows I take the pics all the
0: time. Yeah, she wrote the cue card for you, she, right? She told you to. Say actually it. Aiming, yeah, yeah. She's actually aiming the gun at him right now. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's got a, she's got a picture of my credit card. <laughs> yeah. She's showing
1: me <laughs> your son, you, her, and the credit card. That's it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's, it's like the threat. Yeah, you, you know what? It's great when you, when you, when you. For those of you who are having children or are about to have children. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to have children but here's the thing guys this is what I didn't know is when you start buying things for the kids that it makes you realize we bought him a cot my, we bought my son a cot now it wasn't anything special just very comfortable cot but yeah. listen to this this cot boys comes with a 25 year warranty Right. And I thought, and I thought, I know my son's Italian, but he's got to leave home at some point. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: and when he leaves home, when he does leave home, guess who's going to be using the cot if you don't behave yourself?
2: Yeah, well, exactly. you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll be in the dog's house or in the cot. Yeah, Joe, at,
0: at this point, because I'm married twenty years, my dog house is fully furnished, yeah, <laughs> as including the air condition and everything. fantastic so uh anything else you want to share with us in terms of italian customs that you've experienced over the years through your acts
2: oh there's so many you know there's so many like italians are very superstitious like you can't uh register a car on a tuesday you can't have bread upside down on the table because it's bad luck um it's all these things that you know it, it it's You know, the the other thing about being Italian is that we are genetically prone to getting sicknesses and diseases that no other child of any other nationality ever gets. Because you can get the Canadians to go and play outside in the freezing cold for three hours with their flip-flops and their shorts and their singlets. But the Italians are wrapped up with three jumpers, three blankets with a beanie. We're not allowed to go and play because, God forbid, we're going to get pneumonia or you know uh, a bronchitis you know we, we 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 it's being italian is not an easy life you know what i mean it's very difficult and this is why the Munja cakes have got it so easy they don't have to worry about the things that we have to i mean italians we can go out in the wrong wind like you get a, a canadian you can go out in any windy condition and they'll be fine But an italian goes out in the same windy condition we could get paralyzed from the neck down
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i'm married 38 years i'm
0: paralyzed from the neck down that's right exactly you know so so when when we did get married i mean part of the tradition was giving the bride away so this will be interesting the tradition of the father of the bride walking his daughter down the aisle to quote give her away it, it dates back roughly to 1549, and no, Roy, I don't know when that was, because Roy always yeah. you know, says, what was that like in 1549? Oh,
1: no, not 1549, okay. maybe yeah. 1579, but yeah. go ahead. But you know
0: what, <laughs> Joe, for the record, I've said this many times on the show, Roy is two months older than I am, so he's the old man. And I told him that in oh. his good ear. Anyway, so it was more <laughs> of a business transaction than anything else. The giving away was a transference of property. In Britain and many places women have been long considered essentially the property of men First their fathers and then their husbands So the phrase giving away suggested that the woman's role in this exchange from one man to another until The brides of today,
1: you know what you know, what's totally Italian and this is kind of like my cultural thing And it's more of a thought than anything What's totally Italian is like when Italians go searching for a place to live they want the living room to be a living room could be like an eight by six it doesn't matter but the dining room better be at least like 25 by 25 because the table that's going to be in there is insane on sunday i would go over nick's house sometimes and there'd be like 35 people at the table and it was just and that's what italian culture it's all about the family they don't believe. Well, it's it.
2: about food, right? It's about food. That's why mm, yeah. we have two kitchens: the one we spend forty thousand dollars on and never use, and the one you are eating in the basement.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. And you know what else? Too like we believe in in America. We believe in like the nuclear family: your yeah. mother, your father, and your kids, and that's it. Yeah. But in Italy, man, you can. It's not unlikely to see the great grandparents and maybe even older if they're around. You know, mm. in that in the same household. It's just. It's an amazing family
2: culture it is it is well wow, that's absolutely
1: there is that's my only serious thing for today <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> wow gee thank okay. god Thank goodness you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. A very special guest is Joe Avati, and, and it's actually a personal thrill for me, because Joe and I, like I said, we knew each other, we met 20 years ago yeah. uh, at the radio station. I'm still here at the radio station because I know where all the hiding spots are, but um, yeah. we will, uh, and this uh, this episode actually is being aired right now all across Canada on the iHeartRadio Talk Network, so we're really pleased that you're here, Joe. You know Joe for 20 years? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've known so- each other for a long time. CFMB, was that, I think, Nick, wasn't it? CFRB, yeah. yeah. So what were you, B- Joe, yeah.
1: Like, Joe? you were like 16, 17, and Nick was like, what, 62 at the
0: time? Yeah. <laughs> 62 and a half. Wow.
2: But you see what I, I do? 26 or 27, yeah. Joe, Joe,
0: what I do is, like, when people ask me how old I am, I always add nine years to my actual age, and automatically you look good. So I'm a good for sixty four, right? <laughs> so fantastic. So it works out really well, you know. And then yeah. I look I'm follically challenged, Joe, you're follically challenged, you know. For me it doesn't matter because in high school I was voted most likely to recede. I have no problem. <laughs> it all worked out okay you know so what was the hey, other Nick, one? I'm not. If, if my opening act doesn't show up I know who to call right <laughs> There you go let, let us know cuz we'll be available but yeah we're we're um, we've been doing this show for a couple of years now but we've been on the radio since last July and we've been getting a lot of a lot of uh, feedback from people and a couple of weeks ago I had made a mistake uh, what do you call a speedo in Australia Joe
2: Speedo, a budgie, a, 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 a budgie, a a bud- a,
0: the speedo, the baby. Oh, shoe. the
2: speedo is a budgie smuggler. Okay. Yes. Okay.
0: So I think I called it a budgie something or other, and sure enough, I got an email from someone in Toronto It said I'm Australian, and the actual term is a budgie smuggler. So we have a budgie smuggler
1: correct i called it a banana hammock
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
0: well joe I, I i really want to thank you for joining us uh on our show no worries. And thank
2: you guys we can't I, I'm thank really you sorry about the you know being in the car because we're just moving around a lot you know it's just crazy times here at the moment no the first shows tonight so you know we have to. We're just, you know, we get were be happy
1: it. to have you on, Joe. I mean, Thank you so wrong. much. Well, hopefully, Connor. when I get to
0: Toronto, we will, <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to catch up. I, I'm looking forward to that. And then we'll, we'll obviously send you a link so you can
2: share. And, Joe, everybody. when
1: you're down in Florida, you look me
0: up because I'm down in Florida.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what? I get so many requests to go down to Florida. Oh, Hopefully, we're going to do Florida next year.
0: Yeah, they're all you Roy. Definitely. They're all Roy's requests. It's only one person <laughs> who makes that request. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Avadi, thank you very much. Where, can thank they you get, so much, guys. Where can they get information? Thank you, Nick. Where can they get your information? What's yeah, your
2: website? Okay. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. You know, and um, I'm in Australia's the Most Wanted.
1: JoeAvati.com, JoeAvati.com. Guys, you want to laugh, go look at him on YouTube too, he's funny. Thank you
2: so much, guys. Thanks, Joe. Nick thank you, thank
0: you. We'll talk soon. all right you're listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy
1: you know lately Nick I was feeling really tired and 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 I, I we spoke about this my friend Bob introduced me to athletic greens this product is amazing it's got a great taste it's like a tropical fruit taste I take it in the morning it is amazing how I sleep better at night my stomach feels great it's like supporting my gut I I I have so much energy. I haven't had this much energy in so long.
0: Well, it also supports my gut, and I have quite a gut to support. Now, just don't take <laughs> our word for it. Athletic Greens is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferris and Michael Gervais. And right now it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's all it takes. I'm gonna tell
1: you right now, it doesn't cost more than like a cup of coffee a Day to feel
0: fantastic and great, and they're giving a special offer for us to give to you. They said to us, Why don't you tell your loyal listeners? We'd love to do this for them because they're loyal listeners to total uses information with Nick and Roy. Go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging, and they will send you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to the website, athleticgreens.com slash emerging. That's athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Do it. Do it today. I'm telling you, you're going to feel great. Athleticgreens.com slash emerging.
2: Throw away your totally useless GPS. It's time for geography. So get lost with Nick and Roy. Well,
0: that was fun, huh? Now I can eat all the antipasto and all the cannolis. (laughs) (laughs) They left behind. Uh, Bubble gum is illegal in Singapore. It's you, you may only possess it if you have a special doctor's note. For bubblegum. gum is one of the most consumed forms of candy in the world. That is mm-hmm. everywhere except Singapore, where the consumption of gum is strictly prohibited. The reasoning behind the ban is to attempt to curb littering. Uh-huh. Access to candy is possible, but you need to get a doctor's note first explaining why the gum might be a necessity for your health.
1: Wow, so you can't chew gum because they're worried about you getting it on the sole of your shoe Exactly, yes And this is in Singapore In Singapore Okay, can, can visitors bring gum?
0: You have to be careful because if you don't follow the rules, you'll be flogged
1: Okay, not going to Singapore very soon <laughs> Yes Thank you to all the listeners in Singapore <laughs> We do have them, yes This was my uh, teaser there's only one sea that has no coastline. The Saraguso Sea has no coastline. Now, just think about that. If you were lost at sea, you're really screwed. <laughs> but there's no, <laughs> there's no coastline, so you would never find it. But it, the sea, you would never find land technically because it's a, a, it's the only sea in the world to have no coastline. It's the, it's in the North Atlantic, surrounded by four ocean currents has no land or coastlines. It was named for the heavy seaweed that floats around in the ocean called the Saragusum, not to be confused with Mayagassum, which is something that I excrete.
0: Oh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, where on the map is that? Oh, I see.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, really, this is, this is literally an ocean with no land
0: in it, no islands, no nothing wow okay here in toronto which is where i am roy is in uh in florida i'm in toronto canada and in toronto there's a rare book library the thomas fisher rare book library is a library in the university of toronto campus constituting the largest repository of publicly accessible rare books and manuscripts in Canada. The library is also home to the University Archives, which in addition to institutional records, because that's where our records are in an institution, or should Mm -hmm. be, also contains the papers of many important Canadian literary figures like Margaret Atwood and Leonard Cohen, the Toronto Rare Book Library.
1: Oh, Cool, okay, so if you guys are ever up in Toronto and you're looking for a boring book, you can go there. <laughs> <laughs> They're rarely read. Yes. <laughs> Those are the kind of books we read. The rare. Yeah, exactly. No. But speaking of the institution, we might have to go back in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, time's not up yet. They only let us out for a little bit to do the show and once then they, a, <laughs> they make us yeah. go back home. <laughs> we have a once a week pass. <laughs> Nick goes back to banging his head against the wall, <laughs> <laughs> chewing gum. It's- It's Morse code, I want you to know. (laughs) Help me, help me. (laughs) When you think of the largest city in America, right? You think New York, Los Angeles, right? Dallas. You think of these big masses, Chicago. Chicago. No. No. Those are the things that come to mind, but they are not the largest cities. In America, the largest city is Sitka, Alaska. Sitka. Sitka, Alaska. It is 2,800 square miles. Wow. Wait, the second largest is Juneau, Alaska. (laughs) Yeah. 2,700 square miles. Okay. Just to give you an idea of size, New York City is 302 square miles. Wow. (laughs) I think um, Alaska has the top five cities in America by size. Of course, population, not so much. Sitka only has 10,000 people. There's more than 10,000 people riding the subway. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Probably more like sixty or 80,000
0: people riding right. the subway. Did you know about Juno? Juno, you know about Alaska? Juno? You know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, since you're being funny, how about some funny Canadian cities? By name, I mean. There's Dead Man's Flats, Alberta. Hmm. There are at least two potential origins for this striking name. Some trace it back to a murder at the Bow River Dairy Farm in 1904, and Mm. others believe the name, Dead Man's Flats, from a Nakoda man who was hunting beaver in the area and pretended to be dead to avoid getting caught. Today, beaver at bars. Uh, You asked for their number. Today, (laughs) the community.
1: And the guy who died at the dairy factory died from lactose
0: intolerance. (laughs) (laughs) He did.
1: But they changed the name to Churning Stomach Flats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Or oh, I gotta go Flats. Or Dead Man's Flats, Yulents. <laughs> or Rivers is a Running Flats. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Today, the com- the community is a popular destination for trout fishing, and a short drive from Banff National Park, Dead Man's Flats, Alberta. Let's talk about Canada some more, huh? Sure. Eh? Let's talk about Canada. Eh? Wow. Let me <laughs> introduce you for a second. So today on the radio I heard a commercial for uh Canadian eggs, and they say, Well, do you know how how do you know they're Canadian eggs? Because I thought it's because they're grade A.
1: Grade <laughs> A eggs. Thank you. Grade A. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? A. Yeah.
1: Canada has the largest concentration of freshwater lakes in the world. Mm. But it's crazy because 9% of your country is lakes. Now, that's mind-boggling. Almost 10% of the entire country is lakes. But this is where it gets even crazier. And I don't even know if Canadians know this. You know how many lakes you have?
0: Don't look on the computer. No, I no, my, my hands look. I'm, I'm showing you my hands. I I I am not touching the keyboard. How Wait a minutes?
1: minute. I hear the keys going. How are you doing that? Don't 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 try to no, avoid no. this subject,
0: Nick. <laughs> okay. Because you the way you asked it, and I'm gonna say five thousand.
1: Thirty-one thousand seven hundred and fifty-two lakes. Wow to be exact. I counted each one. Five Hundred and sixty-one of those lakes measure more than sixty-two square miles
0: each. Amazing! That is mind-boggling. Yeah, and we still bottle water up here. Mm-hmm. Go yep. figure. So here's another funny Canadian city. Forget Saskatchewan. Forget. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot what it said, but it says forget Saskatchewan. It was the lieutenant governor of Saskatchewan, um, where this tiny village got its name? I'm a day forget was born in Quebec, but in 1847, as the queen's representative of this prairie province, he was a natural namesake for the Francophone town. So the town was named after Amade Forget.
1: Yeah, I used that town as an excuse once when the cops pulled me over. Yeah. I said, I left my wallet at home, officer.
0: Ah, forget. (laughs) Yeah, and then the other city, the sister city to that in New York is Forget About It. (laughs) And one more funny Canadian city No, I got something You can't give me one more You want to give me one more? more Folks, do you want to hear one more? Let's hear it Yes, yes, okay, there you go (laughs) It's, okay, I have to say this properly Okay, ready? It's stoner B.C., man Stoner Stoner Stoner, eh? Locals reportedly use the ladder I'm like, ladder Not the ladder, like to climb it's a very, it's a very yeah. tall city. Yeah. Either way, if you're driving north on Highway 97 to Prince George, keep your eye out, man, for this quiet community. And, yeah, and then there's a sign that says, Stoner, man. And then Dorito <laughs> Lane.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. That city is so tall that you don't even go to grammar school. You go right to high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The latter. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Biodiomede Russia mm-hmm. and Little Diomede United States are between Russia and Alaska in the ocean. They're islands. They're only 2.4 miles apart. Now just think how close that is. You could see them. See the I mean, literally, you could swim it. 2.4 miles apart from each other. But because of international law and time zones, if you went from one island to the other, 2.4 miles, you would be 20 hours difference. Wow. So isn't that crazy? So just think about like New Year's. You could get stone drunk, celebrate New Year's, go to the next island, sober up, and start drinking again.
0: (laughs) It's a paradise. And then you forget, in Saskatchewan, that you've been to Stoner, B.C. (laughs) hey don't forget about this you go to our website nickandroy.com there you can find out all of our past episodes a full library of over 110 episodes go to nickandroy.com
1: and the birthdays you go right get a birthday message for somebody that you love it is the best gift ever Birthday messages from Nickandroy.com.
0: What, what we do is we uh, produce a mini total useless information show for the person that you'd like to send a birthday message to. It's and you great get to hear a sample on 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 the website. Go to Nickandroy.com. You check it out there. Nickandroy.com/slash/birthdays. Give you all the information. It's reasonably priced and not bad for two guys like Nick and Roy who are really really not famous. You get two famous guys. Yeah, exactly two. And we have uh, friends. We have friends. We do have friends. Uh, they don't know it yet, but. We do have friends. And so check it out, nickandroy.com slash birthdays. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy.
2: Innovations. Ideas.
0: The Totally Useless Information Podcast presents Inventions.
1: So I was looking for inventions, and I said, let me come up with some really cool stuff. The pinball machine. Mm. Right? Isn't that cool? Yeah. The first modern pinball machine was invented by I love it's a it's a big name Montague red graves oh that's a cool name
0: montahue
1: monti uh, uh, those friends call him monty yes in 1871 which i thought was pretty old 1871 the first coin pinball was not until 1931 the first one that you could put a coin in was called Bally ballyhoo yeah ballyhoo
0: ballyhoo what?
1: Yeah. yeah, bally who?
0: Who? <laughs> yeah, we're just a couple of flippers. Um, how about a dog bed for humans? A pair of University of British Columbia economic students. Maybe they're from Stoner, BC. I'm not sure, but they're putting their education to good use before they even graduate. They invented a dog bed for humans, called the Pluffle. Ooh. Noah Silverman and his, uh, he's one of the co founders, and he said, being full time students, working on the side and everything else, napping is how we cope with a busy lifestyle. So the idea came from Silverman's work at a, at a uh, coffee shop where the owners had a great, huge Great Dane and it had built the pup a customized dog bed. His friend, Mr. Kinoshita, saw Silverman napping with the Great Dane and they discussed the idea into the human realm. So they said I've been uh, we've been big nappers and what a better way to be nice and comfortable than a big dog bed for humans. Pluffle. So
1: you had Silverman and Hiroshita, Kinoshita, Kinoshita. Yes. So why didn't they just like name the company like using the last parts of their names like Manshita. Man- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you Manshita into the bed.
1: Yeah. Or Sheeta Company.
0: <laughs> we make we make sheeta. Yeah. <laughs> You're so full of Shita.
1: I got another cool one, Nick. Yeah. Get ready, folks. Silly putty. Oh yeah. Okay, so silly putty, everybody knows silly putty. I don't know about millennials. Yeah. <laughs> but Look down. it up. They sleep on dog beds. Okay. In the in the 1930s, during World War II, rubber was it's totally scarce. You couldn't get rubber. You couldn't get rubber bands, anything. It all went to the war effort. And there weren't enough rubber trees producing latex. So they wanted to find, during the 1930s, they wanted to find the synthetic rubber. So the United States government got to work. And the first invention they invented was silly putty. (laughs) They said, no, this is not good for rubber, but somebody took it and after the war created the game, they call it a game, silly putty. Now, get this. It's over seventy years Silly putty still sells over two million little plastic eggs a year.
0: Wow. yes, that was a good investment. It was <laughs> and If you remember the commercial that you used to take silly putty and then uh, place it on top of, uh, firmly on top of a of a comic in the paper and you lifted mm-hmm. it up and the uh, the comic image would be transferred onto the silly putty.
1: Yeah, I used to buy a lot of them, and when I went to bars and there were no pretty women in there, I'd break out the silly putty and just put it over their face. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I would have adhered the face of somebody else, right? Like maybe
0: Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> hey, Leonardo da Vinci, we know has uh, has come up with many inventions. He was the first person to design an armored tank whoa while working for the duke of milan he created an armored war machine complete with 36 guns to be driven by eight men in theory (laughs) it was virtually invincible however the diagram that he drew uh contains an error the gears caused the front and back wheels to move in opposite directions
1: Ah, oh, you don't get very far do you
0: <laughs> no incredibly <laughs> historians doubt that it was an error made by mistake because they believe it might have been a strategic design tactic that rendered da vinci himself as the only person who could properly assemble the tank that's what a great sketch for like yeah. the three stooges yeah
1: no i'm going that way no i'm going this way go that way this way that way this
0: way. <laughs> and in doing so it kept the tank out of enemy hands brilliant cool yeah The record player. Oh, remember that?
1: Now, the record player, I knew that it was invented by Thomas Edison, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know it was 1877. I thought that was pretty far back. A lot of things going on in the 1870s pinball machine, record player. Yeah. But it wasn't really the record player that we know. It was called the phonograph. And it had the big horn on it, you know. So it was not something that was, like, you could put from room to room. It was a large object. The first smaller record player for commercial use was put out during the, the Great Depression, and it was a failure. People oh. were broke. They couldn't afford to buy a record player, nevertheless records for it. Yeah. So it was a bomb. But there was a turnaround <laughs> record player turnaround. turn around yeah. around <laughs> double on Chandra yes. no, <laughs> so, there was a turnaround in the 40s and records took off and so did record players and they got smaller and smaller with built-in speakers but get this one John Lennon Yoko Ono's uh hit, hit record double fantasy mm-hmm. of course record album it was released on vinyl a signed copy of double fantasy just sold for $525,000. Wow. A half a million dollars. Because of course he put the album out and a few months later he was killed. So there aren't that many signed copies of Double Fantasy.
0: Yeah, and uh, it usually happens with artwork. After the artist dies, Their the value of their artwork goes up. Exactly, they're not gonna make any more. No, just like when we go, I mean, the, we're artists of useless information. I'm sure our this, these episodes will be worth something. Oh I'm I'm sure that people will be
1: giving them to their great great grandchildren mm. saying to them please listen to these two men of wisdom <laughs> yeah,
0: more like wisdom teeth pain
1: uh the hangover mass no actually you see the opposite Just listen to these two morons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just don't do what they do or say what they say. The hangover (laughs) mask, as we're doing inventions on totally useless information with Nick and Roy, it's made up of ice cubes to cool the face. (laughs) This mask was said to help poor souls of the world to handle their hangovers. It's basically a bunch of ice cubes around your face and the the openings for your eyes and nose and mouth. It was coined by Max Factor... Wow. In the United States in 1947. But you really, when you think about it, you don't need a an, an, uh, hangover mask because the best way to really cure a hangover is not drink at all.
1: Yeah, and those of you who are environmentalists, you can save your ice cubes from the drinks from the night before to use in the mask. That's right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can get them into the little bag, you'll probably drop them all over the floor, you drunk fool. <laughs> <laughs> right, hair dryers Something that Nick knows nothing about (laughs) I've seen them I've seen them in a museum, yes (laughs) Well, the original hair dryer And this guy's name I love too Alexander F. Bayou Gardafé Okay Well, Alexander F. Bayou Gardafé had his own Salon in France And he invented what he called in French,
0: "Hare de poufte. <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounded so rude in so many different languages.
1: <laughs> so Gardagay, excuse me, Gardafay. Right. <laughs> he, he actually called it the hood hairdryer. He <laughs> <Yeah>, had no. <laughs> You'd think he was French, you would have something cool to say. Yeah, he but, called it the hood hairdryer. Uh. But before he invented this, people would actually use an invention that was just invented a few years prior. They would dry their hair with a vacuum hose from a vacuum cleaner. Really? Yes. And I didn't know that. And the average uh, blow dryer that you buy in the store will last over 300 hours of use. Mm Mm-hmm. So, which doesn't seem like a lot until you realize that you probably only use it for a couple of minutes and then put it away. In your case, Nick, yours would last about 300 years.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said it's in a museum. And the the last invention in this segment, beating breasts. Oh. What is that? Beating breasts is an invention from 1963, the year that both Roy and I were born. Mm -hmm. It was a pair of artificial breasts from Japan. This Mm -hmm. device had a built-in heartbeat, and was meant to be a sleeping aid for very young children.
1: I sleep with one till today. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a bitch though when you wake up and you got like red on your eye because you got poked with the nipple. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What,
0: was the room cold? You're listening to Totally useless Information with Nick and Roy. As we mentioned, go to our website, nickandroy.com. You can do many things there. You can check out Roy's garden. You can check out his pineapple that he's growing. Yeah. You can check out— um, Folks, as- this is the best podcast to listen to. It is, exactly. <laughs> and you can uh, you can also—well, um, w- We Milk uses information for all we can get, really. Where do you find this— Nick NickandRoy.com and And, uh, you can also find out more information about Athletic Greens which we talked about and you can send us an email at NickandRoy.com
1: What's in the mail, babe? What's in the mail?
0: Carol is a loyal listener to our show. It Use totally uses information with Nick and Roy. She listens to us on Friday nights on News Talk 1010 in Toronto, which of course is part of our, the iHeartRadio Talk Network, which is all across the country in Canada. So she writes, Dear, Hi, Nick and Roy. I really love to listen to you both every Friday night. My question is this What do they mean when they say dressed to the nines? Now, she's a very thoughtful listener because she says maybe other people would like to know this also. So this is not just for her. Carol, thank you for your email. Thank you for your message. And this is goes out to all of our listeners. Yes. The term dressed to the nines refers to the fact that the very best suits were made with nine yards of fabric. The more material you had, the more kudos you accrued over time. Dressed to the nines. So there you go, Carol. And to the other listeners, courtesy of Carol. that was pretty cool. Thank
1: you, Carol. That was good. My mailbag is from Auckland, from Kingston, Jamaica. Oh, okay. Yeah, Auckland J. Yes. From Kingston, Jamaica. Uh Uh-huh. And he says, man, you guys are so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a baker. And play your show. Oh he says, oh, I play your show to all the people at work. He says, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he says, so be happy, Nick and Roy. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> so Auckland, I thought that was cool. Kingston, Jamaica. I love Jamaica. I love Jamaican people. They're awesome. So get
0: yourself a golden crust beef patty. It's delicious. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> so once again, you, you go to our website and send us an email. Now you can also leave a voice message right there, right on the front page at nickandroy.com.
2: And now for something completely useless.
0: The laser
1: jet printer. Oh, nice. Changed printing forever. Because it changed from using actual ink to using a powder substance called toner yes plus the fact that it was much sharper of a print and the colors were almost perfect matches to the colors that it was copying. it was invented in 1969 and i say the number 69 because i liked it mm-hmm. so 1969 by gary keith starkweather he's got three names he's important yes the first one the first one in 1975 that was sold was sold for seventeen thousand dollars. whoa and there's probably no place to get the toner either there isn't they can walk into any store and go toner and they'll be like no we got plenty of ink (laughs) (laughs) no but anyway it works by burning the toner powder at 400 degrees at the source of the 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 print head oh and then it adheres that to the page by melding it to the paper. You'd think that now mine is really bad because all I do is is try to print something and everything goes on fire. (laughs) (laughs) So that gives the name hot off the press. It does. So how much much do they sell it for? 17,000 for the first one in 1975. Wow, you talk about printing money.
0: Today, we we had a very special guest, Joe Avati. We thank him very much and wish him luck on his upcoming tour here in North America. We talked about customs, talked about geography. It's time for the news.
1: And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News.
0: A bizarre incident has come to us from India. What? Yep. It reminds you of the movie Bala. The movie released in 2019 is a story of a man who suffers from premature balding and hides it from his bride-to-be to to marry her. A groom nearly pulled this off, but it didn't pay off because the bride refused to marry him Hmm. after finding out about his baldness, even though half of the wedding ceremonies were completed. He was wearing a wig? The groom, before walking in, felt dizzy and fainted. As he fell to the ground, his wig came off. Oh, no. And the groom had kept the bride's family in the dark about his baldness. As soon as the bride learned that the groom was bald, she refused to go ahead with the marriage ceremony. She said no.
1: This is a hairy
0: situation. (laughs) (laughs) Despite the (laughs) efforts of the family members and relatives to persuade the bride. No, she stood firm. I mean, Gandhi was bald. There's loads of bald people in India. Yeah, but you knew that ahead of time. This guy was hiding the fact that he was bald. See, that's the problem. He he had a big secret. This is how serious it was. The matter was taken to the local police station. Of course. But again, the bride... What what, what would they be doing in India? (laughs) (laughs) But the bride remained firm even after the police investigation... Yeah. a meeting was called and the girls the, the family The bride remained firm i thought it
1: would be the groom that would be firm in the the honeymoon night. no no there was no honeymoon because she didn't marry him. oh that's right because he faked the hair
0: that's right and he didn't tell anybody the girls family maybe like hair club from indian men <laughs> maybe they should have like the sprayed on hair maybe you know who knows what this man did but he hid it from her so it had to be good they spent lots of money in the marriage. The groom's side agreed to their demands and returned the money to the bride's father because they're talking about customs and traditions. Yeah, the probably like,
1: uh, you know, $50 and a sack of
0: curry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the bride's uncle. Yes. Oh, now the uncle's involved. Oh, he's involved now, too. There's a whole family affair. So the groom's oh. family should not have hidden the fact that he was bald. If mm-hmm. they had told us about the groom's baldness, we would have mentally prepared the bride, and she would not have been so shocked. So, so the the hairpiece fell off he, at the wedding. He felt he was nervous. He fainted, and as he fell, n- never mind the fact that he fainted. He's on the floor, uh. maybe bleeding from his fall. They were shocked because he was bald because his. So wig-
1: he was not a very smart man. He wasn't because he should have fell. You know, he fainted. He fell to the floor. When he woke up, he should have said.
0: My God, all oh, my hair's falling out. That's right. That's how hard I felt. And she would have, yeah, she would have, you know. No. She would no, have felt bad for him and still married him. No, because they kept this a secret. You cannot expect the marriage to start on falsehood, according to the uncle.
1: Exactly. The this police- is why Nick was flat out, showed the boldness Right away. To his wife. That's 20 right. how long? 20 how many years? 20
0: years ago. and um, Yeah, exactly. So 20 years ago, she was not shocked at the altar. N- no, she wasn't. She's, no. Still, she's shocked now, but not at the altar. Even <laughs> though they convinced the bride, she yes. did not agree to the marriage, and later a compromise was reached between the two parties. So, so they never got married. They never got married. They did come up with a solution. So that's all the time that we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information. We thank you, and we will scour the internet once they again. They did
1: not get married, and they did not
0: share the non bread. We will scour the internet and other sources to they find out. They did not eat the chicken korba. More information, more useless information for you next time.
1: Hey, so they never had relations before, I guess, no, because... I mean, this guy just fell down and it fell off. Could you imagine during sex, the thing would have hit like a ceiling fan and went flying. would have looked like a, <laughs> he killed a beaver or some. <laughs> Maybe he did kill a beaver. That's why she was marrying him. And Who the hell knows?
0: She just had it stuffed. <laughs> tell the people what to do.
1: First off, JoeAvati.com is how you get in touch with Joe. Yep. Uh, we, we, If you want to talk to our friend there, go to JoeAvati.com. We call him our friend because it makes us sound more important. It is, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but tell your friends about this show. We really do enjoy bringing it to you every single week.
0: I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library
2: of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.